Ready to go. We're so ready. Let's do this. Today is February 27th. Did I get that right? No, it's 28th. Yeah, it's the last day of February. Is this a leap year? No. No. Okay. No. But it is the last day of February. Yeah. And it's also the last podcast of season seven. I'm calling it, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was 212, February 28th, 2017. We killed season seven. Yeah, we had, this is our 21st episode of season seven. By the time uh, we meet again, I think it's going to be season eight. Let's do that. Okay. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. How I'm, are you? I'm also fine. I uh, just wrapped up my lectures for the first third of the semester. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I have a few days remaining before I leave for Costa Rica, oh, yeah. so that's why I won't yeah. see you for maybe till the end of the month, because I'll be gone for a so while. So we'll, we'll, we'll go on hiatus until you come back. Well, I mean, you you can podcast solo. Then I think it's is that weird to just talk to yourself yeah. for ten minutes, fifteen minutes? You could probably do it if anyone could. You it's could. Embarrassing. Yeah. You know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm aware of that. <laughs> I'm going to have to catch myself. Like, I'll be driving, and I'm just, and, and I know my lips are moving and all because my daughter is looking at me, going, just with this weirded out expression right. on her face. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, sorry, I was just, my mind was walking. Your inner monologue is coming out. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> but like, when you're traveling, you know, like on a plane or something, you're surrounded by people. Do you do that? You're like, I wonder if. Was, was my lips moving, you know? Were they, no. Do they think I'm weird? Well, I think that, but not because my lips are moving. Hmm. Yeah. I'm like the weird bug lady. Can I introduce the game? What game? Bluetooth or homeless? <laughs> I don't think that's socially appropriate yeah, to right. do that. Maybe we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> but, like, you know, when you're talking on a phone. You, are sometimes you, you don't know. You don't they have know. a little earpiece in, and they're getting smaller and smaller. And are, they, are they, you know, yeah, they are getting smaller. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What's not getting smaller is the topics list that we have to talk about today. Yeah. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about. I had an interesting meeting last week with a couple of, actually, they're both weed scientists at Bear Crop Science, Drs. John Hins and Mike Weber. And uh, they're here locally in Iowa working as research scientists, but they brought a couple of products to me that they were hoping I would evaluate in my efficacy evaluation for soybean aphid. Mm-hmm. And it's two products that I've never looked at, um, but I think maybe you have in the past. Is that right? Yeah. So um, several, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, several years ago? Maybe more than several. Uh, back in 2009 and uh, 2010, we worked with a couple of uh, different insecticides. One of them was Spirotetramat which uh, was, at that time, a novel chemistry. wasn't labeled yet, uh, but it was uh, thought to be from a variety of, you know, industry and then some other academics thought to be softer uh, on um, beneficial insects. And so we tested it in an experiment with um, some other insecticides, esphenvalerate, imidacloprid, and, um, and a combination of spirotetramat and imidacloprid with the idea that the softer insecticides like spirotetramat would uh, have greater protection against soybean aphids because they'll attack the aphid, but they won't hurt the beneficial insects, mm-hmm. the, the predators that feed on the aphid. Yeah. Um, you can 
by Spirotetramat, labeled as Movento, by Bear Crop Science now. It's labeled for soybean uh, for use in Iowa. Movento sounds like the superhero that uses magic instead of like his fists. She's going to use his smarts, his, his, his sleight of hand. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited for a product like Movento for a couple of reasons. And probably the biggest one is that it's uh, group 23. And we've talked about group numbers a lot over the winter. And I don't know of anything else that we can use on soybean in Iowa that is a group 23. So it would be a novel group. Really novel. Yeah. Do you know what the group 23s are? Um, I had to look it up. I can't. They I, are. I'm typing and I can't Google quick enough. <laughs> they are inhibitors of acetyl carboxylase, also known as tetronic and tetrimic acid derivatives. That explains everything. Yeah. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> but you're right. Um, I think Spirotetramat offers a, a second reason why I, I, I'm interested in it is because they say it is softer on, ben- on the beneficials, so it keeps uh, the good guys around. And m- maybe the third reason is that when I was talking to John and Mike, they said that products like Spirotetramat are active within the xylem and the phloem. Oh, yeah. It's systemic. It's taken yeah. up by the plant. Yeah. And while most of our other uh, products are their contact insecticides mm-hmm. and they're, they're not systemic in the plant, this would be through the xylem and the phloem. So also labeled, uh, in addition to soybean aphid, they also have two-spotted spider mite, oh, which is okay. another miticide. Well, it's not, it's not a miticide, but another product that's active on mites, which is great. If you're trying to, if you're if you're thinking you might have problems with pyrethroid resistance and soybean aphid, it's an yeah. alternative. Yeah. So, um, not to say that what your representatives said, not not to call into question what your representative mm-hmm. said, but uh, looking back at this uh, paper that we published in 2012, which was a summary of our experiments from 2009 and 10 published a paper called The Response of Natural Enemies to Selective Insecticides Applied to Soybeans. And again, Spirotetramat was one of them. Um, and we noted in there pretty much everything you just said. It's systemic. It has a novel mode of action, lipid synthesis and inhibition, okay. um, which was... Maybe Moving the fats? I don't know. When I think lipids, I mean... So yeah, lipids, is a, uh, it's the fat that insects store and... Um, if you block that, that sounds bad. Could be bad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we use this in a way that you would any other insecticide against soybean aphids. So scouting and applying at 250. If we didn't reach 250, we just sprayed the first week of August. And um, what we found was that, you know, in addition to managing the aphid, um, it did have a, a different impact on the natural enemies in some of the broad spectrum insecticides. Um, turned out um, seemed to work, seemed to be softest on lady beetles, which kind of makes sense given that it's systemic Mm -hmm. and um, you have to eat the plant in order to get exposed to the insecticide. Right. But didn't seem to have as big, it didn't, it did seem to have an impact on aureus, the predatory bug that feeds on aphids. And um, that's interesting because Aureus, if there's not enough prey for it to feed on, it'll feed on the plant. It, it's it's got, got a piercing, sucking style. Yeah, yeah, and it won't go deep into the plant, but just enough uh, to get a little moisture, 
kind of keep itself going so it doesn't starve to death. Mm-hmm. And we think part of the re- in the paper, and I'll, I'll give you a link to this. Sure. Um, I think in the paper, um, I think we lay out that, yeah, harmonia, la- you know, lady beetles, things like that that don't necessarily come in contact directly with the plant, a product like Spirotetramat is great because it's going to have lower impact on that. And then if you do have an aphid problem later, those lady beetles will still be around. But something like Aureus that yeah, might come in contact, feed on the plant, it's it's not going to have as much of an impact Yeah, I, in I, terms of conserving that natural enemy. Yeah, I think that's really important to have more of a, I don't know if you would call it a reduced risk product, but it, if it's a little bit more selective than a broad spectrum, that's exciting to hear about and I'm going to I haven't seen it for myself so I'm going to give it a try this summer but a couple of things that John and Mike said are really important is that it's only labeled for soybean do not use it in corn and the second piece is it needs a crop oil concentrate which some products you can use it some products you don't need to but they say it's a really important component to get good coverage on application so crop oil concentrate is really important okay Mm -hmm. so yeah, they also talked to me about a second product. This one is, I can't believe it's even more difficult to pronounce. Um, the active ingredient is flupyridifurone. <laughs> I totally mangled that. Uh, it's, it's known uh, as a product called Savanto, S-I-V-A-N-T-O, also by Bear Crop Science. And this is exciting for some of the same reasons that maybe Movento is. It's in a group 4D. So this is in the group of nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And the, the subgroup, the D, is the butanolides. Man, I'm, I'm learning so much about insecticides. I'm pronouncing that. Amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of ma- I mangled that as well. So no, I thought you it, would be, it would be closely related to the neonicotinoids, which is a group 4A. And but also not a neonicotinoid. Uh, it's not a neonicotinoid. But it's close to it. It's close, and it's also close to the 4C, which is cefloxamine. And we've talked about the Cefloxaflor, the Transform product, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, several times in previous podcasts. And so it's it's a close relative, and that attacks the acetylcholine receptors, but it acts in a little bit different way. So this, this group 4D would also be considered novel. I don't know of any other products that we can use in soybean that is a, that is a group 4D. So just an alternative to yeah. pyrethroids and organophosphates. Uh, they said that you could, it is labeled for corn and soybean in Iowa, so you could use it on both crops if you wanted to. And uh, Bear claims that this product is, is uh, relatively safe on bees compared to pyrethroids and organophosphates. So I, I don't have, again, I, I haven't looked at this myself. You have more experience when it comes to, to the bee, bee world, so, um, but it is targeting fluid feeders, again, like aphids, leafhoppers, and whiteflies. Yeah, so, um, yeah, when we were doing our work with spirotetramat, we were just looking at natural enemies and not pollinators. Yeah. I don't don't have any information on that. Okay. Um, But you're going to look at this this year? You're going to include it? I'm looking at both products at my efficacy evaluation, and I'll be using it at both locations at the northeast and northwest farms. Hopefully we get some pressure at one or both locations just to see how it performs against what you would call more standard type of it or more common type of insecticides. So something to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else? 
variable weather. We, we had some ups and downs. Wow. We had it was kind of hot, cold, hot again. Yeah. Is this weird? Ah. Mm-hmm. Trees are mm-hmm. trees are doing things. Yeah. You can tell that they've started. started a bunch. Yeah, and especially um, some of the like the magnolia by our building, um, or across the street from our building is. Looks like it could be doing things really soon, and and so I I've just had people ask me, you know, what does it mean for insects? We talked a little bit about it last time, but generally I don't think it's that great for insects to be having such variable extremes in yeah. a short amount of time. What do you think? Um, not helpful if you uh, overwinter as an adult, yeah, and you come out before any food is available. So hungry. Yeah. Just um, like me right now. <laughs> Um, I asked my students in the one entomology class that I teach to, uh, for extra credit, bring in a lady beetle. I want to see if they could identify it, and two, if they just, you know, happen to notice it. Yeah. And the last couple of weeks, I've just gotten a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and I think it's because the weather has been so um, remarkably warm mm-hmm. at times. And one thing I'm noticing is they put the lady beetle in a vial and give it to me, and within, you know, four or five hours, it's dead. Wow. Yeah, and I think it's because they're they're really they're really hungry. Like dehydrated, hungry. Well, that, yeah, yeah, probably a combination of both. And yeah, you know, so when you know the war- weather gets warm, they start to become more active. Um, that's you know kind of a natural response. But what's a little unnatural is this happening so soon, so mm-hmm. quickly before stuff starts to bloom and you know their prey uh, items come out. I always think of, when I think about lady beetles, adults and larvae, uh, when they're in the same area as aphids, I always think of aphids as like little bags of Gatorade. They're just like, they're going through plants that are infested with aphids and they're just like power slamming these bags of Gatorade, just like kind of a sugary, rich food source. And if they don't have those little bags of Gatorade right now, I think they kind of fizzle pretty fast. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if um, we lose a bunch of the overwintering population and then maybe see larger aphid populations in the spring, it's hard to say because yeah. as much as this is going to affect, uh, as we think it's affecting the lady beetles, probably affecting the aphids as well. Yeah. You know? So interesting to see how uh, the plants respond and if we get out of sync with the mm-hmm. winter hosts emerging earlier or blooming earlier much earlier than say the summer host which is for soybean aphids soybeans yeah so buckthorn will probably start to blossom or blossom uh, like bud burst yep. here pretty soon but you know as warm as it may be if it's wet farmers can't plant and so yeah. you know it could still be a normal year for planting Right? Yeah, and I should note this podcast is not sponsored by Gatorade. That was not a oh, yeah. market. Yeah, <laughs> or bear for that matter. <laughs> or bear crop science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's uh, like I said. Don't let the weatherman be your pest manager. You know. Right. We'll just kind of yeah. It's too soon. To, it's too soon to tell. See what happens. Yeah. Anything else? Any upcoming events? You're going to Costa Rica. I'm leaving next week for Costa Rica for a tropical agriculture study abroad course. Have a safe trip. Thanks. Pura Vida. <laughs> That's La a, Vida Loca? That, that just means like a pure life. It's a common saying uh-huh. that the Ticos or the Costa Ricans would say. Yeah. Ticos. Mm-hmm. Got to get in the, the, the slang, the language yeah. Yeah. Of, of the people. Yeah. Enjoy your trip. 
I'm going to be here. Uh, just <laughs> Sorry. Working. It's hard. not fair. We have our soybean entomology meeting, uh, I think, that week that you're gone. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll come back in, in probably two weeks and have a bunch to talk about. Awesome. Share all the Yes, I can't wait to hear the updates. Yep. From S1055. So uh, keep Googling us at Soybean Entomology. Aaron's on Twitter at Aaron W. Hodson. Again, you can always email us at O'Neill at IASTATE.edu and Aaron's initials, which are EWH at IASTATE.edu. And of course, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast. So many ways to get in touch with us. Nice job. Thank you. Yeah, we need as many listeners as we can. Say hi to everybody in Costa Rica for me. Thank you. All right. Cue that music.